all want a business like Netflix or Amazon Prime. Businesses where once a customer engages with them, it becomes automatic and a part of their lifestyle from then on. But how do you build that forever transaction? I'm Robbie Kelman-Baxter, and I have been studying subscription and membership models for nearly 20 years. In this podcast, my guests and I share the secrets and strategies of the membership economy. Join us for subscription stories, true tales from the trenches. Subscriptions are going beyond software, content, and community, and increasingly are providing access to the physical world. The Internet of Things lends itself well to providing subscribers ongoing benefits, blending data from sensors and cameras with sophisticated software. This type of subscription can be complex to build, but has to provide value that is simple for subscribers to understand. My guest today, Jeff Hausman, is the Chief Product Officer at Samsara. Samsara provides an integrated subscription-based platform to increase safety, efficiency, and sustainability in the physical operations world. Think trucks, cargo, oil fields, and construction sites. I invited Jeff to talk about how his team uses customer input to develop his product roadmap, how they bundle hardware and software to deliver on their forever promise, and how they have partnered across the ecosystem to keep things simple for their subscribers. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Jeff, welcome to the show. So great to be here. Thank you for having me. So let's jump right in. Talk to me a little bit about what Samsara does and what problem they solve for their customers. It's great, Robbie. So what Samsara is doing is we're trying to digitize what you call the world of physical operations. And our goal is to help those types of customers operate more efficiently, sustainably, and safely. And what do I mean by the world of physical operation? Because this isn't necessarily an area that's been served often and well over time by technology. And this involves organizations that provide critical services, things like transportation, construction, waste management, field services. A lot of times, these are businesses that kind of keep the world of operations and sort of the physical plant of the world running. And by the way, they make up about 40% of US GDP. So our goal is to help make them more efficient. We are helping our customers with really three things. One, we have what we call a connected operations cloud. And this is a suite of solutions that our customers access via web or mobile interfaces to help them understand and get value out of things such as vehicle telematics or driver safety solutions or equipment monitoring. And then what we're actually doing to help serve those solutions up is we have a whole set of IoT hardware sensors that are collecting data in real time, and they are providing all of this data. This is trillions of data on an annual basis, sending it up to a cloud where we can then analyze that data, provide insights and actionable insights on that data so that customers can take that data and then use it to make those better types of decisions. Does that help explain? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm interested because you talked about, you know, garbage and cars and trucks. And can you give me a couple of examples of, you said you're making them more efficient. Where are they inefficient? What would be an example of a problem that one of those very large groups might be having? Sure. In fact, I'll go back to a little bit the history of the company to answer that question, which is kind of interesting. So our founders, our co-founders, Sanjit Biswas and John Bickett, 
they started looking at how you could take IoT devices and data and help customers. And so they came out with a temperature control sensor. And they took that actually to a local food company. And they thought this is going to help the food company actually ensure that all of their food is a properly refrigerated and transit to stores and whatnot. It's going to help maintain sort of the temperature, what they call chain of custody. And we rely a lot on customer feedback loop. And one of the things we realized is a bigger challenge was not necessarily maintaining constant temperature of the vehicles in this case that were transporting the food. It was actually reliably tracking where those trucks were and how they were being run. So for instance, could we actually help them be able to interface and share with their customer when are deliveries going to show up? Or what route are you taking? And how are you running the vehicle? Are you running the vehicle where you're idling the vehicle for excessive amounts of time and wasting fuel, which is a very, very large expense in a lot of these physical operations environments? So things like helping them find ways to cut and reduce costs with waste, helping them find ways to understand how to operate things more safely that I can get into later. Those are some of the key examples of types of things that we're helping with. Okay. So these organizations have a lot of assets out there and they don't necessarily know where they are or how they're being used kind of between, you know, from point to point. And what's so interesting about that story is it sounds like, I mean, Samsara is a very successful company. It sounds like the first product was not the right product. And you talked about, you know, kind of customer feedback. How did they find out that it was the raw, you know, the keeping, what is it called? The temperature chain of custody? Temperature chain of custody or cold chain, so to speak. Cold chain. That that wasn't as difficult when they said, you know, what's your biggest pain point? I think we're solving your pain point. And they said, no, that's actually not the problem. The problem is, where's the truck? So first of all, we still do, by the way, sell temperature sensors. But I think that one of the most important points in the question is, we really pride ourselves on digging deeper and asking the customer and understanding how do they operate? Are they using pen and paper processes? Do they have blind spots in how they're running? And where could we help them by getting and collecting information and turning that information into gold for them to make better decisions? That's what this is all about. And we may talk about this later, but it's been a bit of an underserved market. So going in, literally taking the first solution into that customer and watching them and going in and seeing actually we can monitor the temperature. That's great. And seeing that it didn't have a lot of variation and you know, sort of variability when it was being delivered, which says that's maybe not their biggest and hardest problem. But then when you saw the fact that customers would call and say, where's my vehicle? Then you start to think, wait, actually, that may be a bigger customer satisfaction problem. And not only do you know where are these vehicles or these various different assets, but to your point, how are they actually being run? So do you know how much you're spending on maintenance, on preventative maintenance, as opposed to letting things get to a point where it you know, becomes a major issue? Or as I mentioned, fuel costs. So we just make sure that we understand and learn about how customers operate and then use that to go figure out how we can unlock with data, basically the sort of the outcomes that are going to give them value. And you said you do that with sensors and technology. So we have a wide variety of different types of IoT devices. So we have devices that we call gateways that you can put on 
You can put them on assets. You can put them in trailers. You can put them in vehicles. We have cameras. Those cameras can be one-way cameras or bi-directional cameras. Those can be put in vehicles. We have cameras and what we call a sort of a site gateway that can be physically mounted cameras and so much more. So we have probes that help you understand whether doors are open, what the temperature is, et cetera. We have a whole host and a whole platform of kind of hardware devices that are being used to collect the data that then is ultimately delivering what the real value is, which is using that data to make better decisions in whatever various different use case the customer has. So you have a lot of different elements to your solution. How do you sell it? Are there parts that people buy outright, the hardware, or do they subscribe to the whole thing? Or is it based on usage? How do you think about that? And maybe I can expand that a little bit and say, Are there other ways that you considered or that you are considering for different types of customers when it comes to the business model? So I'll start with what do we do today? We sell on a software subscription model. So customers will typically sign up for a three to five year contract and they receive a variety of things with that license. So they get access to what we call that connected operations cloud platform both the web experience and the mobile applications, which are constantly updated. We provide data collection. So that can be through those devices I mentioned. It also can be done through APIs, through third parties that we can talk about. We provide cellular connectivity and a Wi-Fi hotspot that's allowing the data to actually be transited, if you will, to us and allow our customers to get benefit by being more online and connected themselves. It comes with customer support and customer success and warranty with the hardware devices and whatnot. And so we package all of that. We do sometimes have new types of releases and new SKUs that we would provide as a some form of an add-on. But the whole goal is to make it a little bit easier for customers. And so instead of you ask what else might have been considered, at one point there were considerations, should we sell the hardware and then sell software and then sell services. And one of the things we realized, again, going back to that customer feedback loop, that's very complex and it's harder for a customer to both predict and kind of budget and manage to. They like simplicity. And so that led us to, let's just provide a subscription model, make this a lot easier for customers to be able to get what they need and really focus on how do we help serve them and drive the outcome and the experience in a better way. Yeah, it's so interesting because to me, this seems like the next big frontier for subscriptions is this integrated hardware software solution, which I think does a better job of aligning the outcome with the pricing, right? I don't know exactly what sensors I need. I don't exactly know what gateways I need. I just want to know if I could, you know, the data I need to know so that I can make better decisions. And really, I bet they would say if I could just snap my fingers and have the better decisions be made you know, that would be kind of nirvana for, you know, solve the problem, you know, on an ongoing basis, how do I get the most value out of these very expensive assets and what's being carried by them? Absolutely. So if a customer says, I'm interested in improving the safety, right? They may say, instead of having to say, okay, well, what are all the devices? We will provide them with the devices that are going to be required to get the right data so that they can analyze let's say it's driver behavior, they can use data on the way in which the vehicle is being driven, everything from speeding to harsh events, harsh acceleration, harsh cornering, et cetera. And all those come together 
And then we can create a effectively a safety score for the drivers. And then you can look at which drivers are the safest drivers. And then the ones that aren't operating as safely, how do we coach them and give them the tools to actually do better? And so it really is, again, to your point, it's about the value and providing the outcome to them and making it easy for them to get what they need. Yeah. And the way you just described it, is that how you, I mean, you're a product guy. Is that how you think about product roadmap or product expansion is sort of following, you know, they need this and then they, you know, they need to know how the vehicle's doing. They need to know if it's being used for, what did you say, harsh turns or harsh stops? And then which drivers are doing more or less of that? And then the next step is coaching them so that they can learn. Is that how you think about your kind of product roadmap when it comes to your offering and sort of follow the customer need all the way through to the solution? Absolutely. We, as I said, we have what we call the customer feedback loop or the customer journey, and we are constantly engaging with customers. We have customer advisory boards. We go out and we do visits. I was at a large chemical industrial facility and plant last week in Texas learning and understanding what is it that the customer is doing and watching and seeing where their opportunities, where data could actually help them. And then how do you get that right data to them in the right way? Whether it's a mobile device application or it's something that an administrator sits a computer is going to be able to access. These are the things we're constantly looking for and listening for as we talk to customers. And they guide us to say, you know, we started and we put out a camera. And it was an externally facing camera. And people really latched onto that because then they could see when there was an accident, they could see what happened. And they could use the video to, in many cases, exonerate their drivers, where there would be an accident. And let's say it's between, you know, an individual in the public and one of these, you know, drivers driving a piece of heavy equipment, and the driver could get access to the video and show the responding officers, hey, here's the video of what happened. And actually, I was not at fault. This person cut me off, et cetera. It made their life easier. But that was after the fact. And then customers said, well, couldn't you use and help us look at what the drivers are doing? Are they wearing their seatbelt? Are they picking up their phone? Are they distracted? And could you help us figure that out? And so then we created a dual-facing camera that leverages advanced computer vision and AI to help solve a problem. So we absolutely are listening to our customers and trying to explore with them how data is really something that can transform the way they do things. How do you get your customers to give you that information? Are they eager to partner with you? I would imagine bigger enterprise customers would be, maybe smaller ones less so, or how do you get the right voices into your voice of the customer? Well, I think part of it is just literally having kind of a culture of recognizing and explaining when we work with customers, we are a set of technologists and we're not here just to build technology for the sake of technology. We're here to build technology that's going to help them. And by understanding their business, that really is actually going to help us unlock what we can do for them. And oftentimes that leads to, if I can help with a customer, let's say, such as, you know, we have many customers, DHL is a customer. If we can help DHL in an area, that's probably going to be able to help other organizations in that similar industry, et cetera. And one of the things that we do when we talk to customers and recognize, I think the world of physical operations has been, in, in our opinion, a little bit underserved by technology. 
over the years. That has dramatically changed in the last five to 10 years. And the leaders of these organizations are embracing the fact that data can help them change what they're doing. So they oftentimes are opening up and being very willing, particularly when we've helped them in one particular area, to then invite us in and say, you've helped us, let's say, reduce the expense of fuel cost. You've helped us to reduce the accident cost that we're having to pay out by virtue of your safety solution. Now we want you to look at the way we're actually managing all of our assets. What can we do to improve the utilization of our assets? Can you help us figure out a way to do that? And so it leads to an ongoing engagement and discussion with our customers that helps us to help them. That's what this is really all about, Robbie. Got it. So I had a guest from the company Whoop that makes the wristbands that track your physical health. And they talked about some of the challenges that come when you have a hardware team working with a software team, that there's different ways of thinking about product, there's different ways of building product. And when you layer on top of that, you know, the membership economy, this idea of subscription, recurring revenue, it becomes really complicated. How do you balance those things with, you know, I think about, you know, software is all about like, send it out there, see if it works. If it's not working, make it better. Whereas hardware, you know, you really have to be quite precise. And, you know, different kinds of people are drawn to those two different areas. What is the culture like for the product team as you're building out that next offering or that next feature? Sure. And I think we're pretty proud of the fact that we have world-class and outstanding engineering and product organizations when it comes to hardware, when it comes to you know software, whether that's mobile or web or a backend platform, et cetera. We operate in an integrated way as an R&D team. You're right that, for instance, if we put out a piece of hardware, that has to go through a rigorous set of testing. It has to support various different temperature situations. Oftentimes, the organizations and customers we're supporting, they're operating in pretty harsh environments, right? So temperatures, outdoor situations with water and things of that nature that are hitting these devices, they have to be able to withstand that. And we test them rigorously to make sure that they are the utmost quality. The software, obviously, and there's aspects of what you call firmware as well as software that has to integrate nicely and seamlessly to make it really easy. And easy so that our customers who may be, let's say, starting with us on a journey where they're purchasing us for telematics. I want to know where are all of my vehicles. I want to be able to understand the efficiency of how they're being run. And then they expand and they say, well, we actually now want to add on safety and we want to drive a safety culture and a safety program. And then they expand on and they say, now we want to expand to all of our assets, maybe all the trailers that we also have in our environment or the things that go in and the assets that go in those trailers or whatnot. We have to make it easy for them. And so we pride ourselves in being able to do that in an integrated and a well-coordinated fashion across the R&D team. We also have, even though we have a subscription model, we're pretty proud of the fact that we've been able to deliver very high margin structure. So our gross margin structure, we're a public company, is in the 70 plus percent range, even though we are shipping out hardware as part of our solution. And we're pretty proud of how we make it something that will work for the customer, have the right sort of longevity, the right quality, et cetera, and also the ability to adjust and add things where, to your point, software is easier to adjust on top of the hardware. The hardware, hopefully, is staying in place for years and years and years without needing anything other than maybe firmware updates and whatnot. 
but it's not a simple problem, but we work very hard so that that complexity is masked, just like the subscription business model masks complexity from our customer. Yeah, that seems to be a theme that you've brought up several times is this idea of how do we take something that's pretty complicated and make it easy to buy, easy to use, easy to maintain when there's a lot of different elements, right? You talked about the hardware, the firmware, the software, the mobile apps, all of those pieces sort of integrating together in a way that feels easy and intuitive. This is, I would imagine for most of your clients, this is not their core area of expertise. This is new for them. Yeah. As I said, I think technology is increasingly something that our customers are embracing. But for many of our customers, they may be, I was meeting with an organization that's one of the world's leading what we call aggregates companies. They produce cement and whatnot. Obviously, their business is all around, how am I producing product? How am I making sure that that product is getting out to their end customers appropriately? They're not necessarily focused on IoT hardware or data you know, from that hardware and how it's consumed. So we're helping to provide that to them and help them focus on their business better. And we're assisting them, so to speak, in how they do that and run things better. You're part of their ecosystem. You talked about how, for many of your clients, the technology is becoming more core, more of what they do. And it sounds like there's other players that are also working with. So it's becoming part of this bigger ecosystem, this technology ecosystem. And I know you've invested in integrating into that bigger system of providers to help your customers make better decisions. Can you describe what that ecosystem looks like and maybe give an example or two of how you've collaborated? We have over 240 and growing integration partners of different types that I can get into. We have a marketplace and increasingly we see players in our ecosystem and industry want to integrate with us. And the integrations are helping our customers get value in a number of different ways. Some of those are tied in directly to Samsara applications and some of those are across other systems. So here are a couple examples to answer your question. So There are tools that our customers use for maintenance or transportation management. And the data we have on where vehicles are, what's the routes, what are the diagnostics codes coming off those vehicles, et cetera, we can pass that data to those systems to help our customers use those in conjunction with us to better design and drive programs that improve vehicle operations and utilization and avoid vehicle downtime. Or... We can integrate with financial systems. So most of our customers use some form of an ERP and financial system. We can take information. In some cases, we have one customer who takes information on the location and the accuracy of that location of where their vehicles and assets are actually operating. It's a company called Liberty Energy. And using that data, they actually have been able to save over $10 million a year where they are providing the information that then allows them to get accurate tax savings and benefits based on that usage. We also have integrations with OEMs, so original manufacturers of vehicles or trailers, where we are bringing data that would be complementary to having our own device, but coming directly from a vehicle, location, diagnostics, et cetera. And the list goes on. And, you know, just to give you an example of some of the types of organizations that are part of our ecosystem, companies I'm sure you've heard of, Nationwide, Ford, Penske, Navistar, others you might not be as familiar with, Fleet Core, AssetWorks, Thermo King. There are many, many others that we have. And our whole goal 
is again, it's taking that data and unlocking the value and the power so that our customers are able to leverage it in so many different ways. So you've talked a couple of times about safety, and I'm interested in what it is that you do for customers relating to safety and why that's important, how you got there from you know refrigeration or temperature control to vehicle location to safety. Sure. You know, again, it's that following the customer journey that we talked about and the customer feedback. But we start with when we were helping customers better understand where are their vehicles and what are their vehicles doing and how do they do everything from tracking compliance of how those vehicles are run, et cetera. We started to talk with customers about what were some of their other big cost factors. And safety for physical operations tends to be job number one. Whenever you visit, these plants, whether it's a distribution facility or manufacturing facility or whatnot, you will see signs around safety is job one. And people will proudly post, you know, the X number of days since they've had any sort of a violation or a safety incident. They're all about making sure that their workers are getting home safe every night. So when they came to us with that, where we are, we felt that we could help from a driver standpoint. So we're helping them by taking video-based information combined with the information about that vehicle. What is its accelerometer saying? Is it something where when we see something that happened with a vehicle as it's driving, we can tell, I described the notion of a harsh event or a harsh break or a harsh turn. You can see that in the data and you can marry that with what's actually happening outside the vehicle, what's happening inside the vehicle. So can we use video to help determine is Jeff driving and he's holding up his cell phone? Am I driving and I don't have my seatbelt on? I mean, these are relatively straightforward things. If I'm looking outward, am I tailgating or is my following distance appropriate? And by giving those indications, what we're really trying to do is we're trying to help our customers coach their drivers on how to drive safely. And we have a couple examples. Shock Mountain Service is an example of a customer that is able to drive a safety program and dramatically reduce costs. Chalk Mountain Services is a company that operates a large fleet of big vehicles. They go out and they do what are called oil field services, utility services, where they're literally installing various different utilities and digging trenches and putting equipment in place to actually put in place the utility and the energy and oil kind of field equipment that needs to run in order to make sure that those fields are running properly or various different other organizations have access to those types of services when they're building and driving construction and whatnot. So they're a field services organization in that industry. And in operating these big vehicles in all kinds of remote locations, what they saw is they saw a problem where their drivers were not necessarily always able to understand how their driving behavior was and they were seeing accidents, and they wanted to reduce accidents and drive that cost down. So by having video-based solutions that would you know, project out and show what was happening while they're driving and inward, they could help drive better coaching of their drivers, and they could also help to exonerate drivers when there was an incident, but the incident was not their fault, and they had video-based evidence to prove it. So using that, they drove accident costs down by over 85%, they also drove a 15% increase in driver retention because driver realized the company cared so much about their safety, they were investing in technology 
to help them avoid getting blamed for accidents that were not their fault and helping them drive better and more efficiently and safely. So that's really a win-win-win from the use of technology. Yeah, it's interesting. I was thinking of it as you were telling the story, you know, there was a part of me that was thinking, how do these drivers feel about being monitored? I have, I guess, this vision of, you know, the lone wolf driving on the lonesome road, you know, with nobody watching them. There must be ways to help them understand the value that they're getting that is driving support engagement toward the adoption of new ways of doing things. What you tend to see with, in this case, talking about drivers, but just general users in any physical operations environment is helping them see how this is helping actually avoid issues for them or make their life easier is really what wins them over. So when they, for instance, have an experience where I had a construction company based outside of Sacramento, and one of the heads of the operations facility there told me a story about one of his drivers was driving and a individual tried to make a left-hand turn from the right lane, cut right in front of the vehicle, didn't give that driver enough time to react, and there was a rear-end collision. When the police CHP showed up, that poor driver is trying to provide their side of the story as well as the individual that cut them off. And as soon as the driver could download and show the CHP, here's the video that exonerated them, they start to realize this technology is actually helping them because otherwise they might be initially thought of as at fault. I had an even more extreme example in Europe a couple of months ago that got shared with me with one of our customers had a driver who was driving late at night. That driver, unfortunately, was falling asleep and they were distracted. And our technology actually caught that this was happening and was able to alert the driver as well as the dispatch, who was then able to contact the driver and get that driver safely off the road. That driver later wrote to the company, the entire management and all of his peers saying, this technology, it literally saved my life because if I hadn't noticed and told me to get off the road, I probably would have driven off the road and crashed. And these vehicles, when you get in an accident, this could be really serious damage to not just the driver you know, themselves, but the entire community can be disrupted in some of these cases as we see. The costs of these things are pretty, pretty astronomical. So anything you can do to help them, once they see that benefit, then they start to be a believer and they use that and they work with each other and they start to appreciate this is actually trying to help them. It's not trying to police them in some way. It's actually trying to make everybody better. And you know, thinking about all of the different players that are involved, you know, who's buying from you, making that decision, and then who else is involved across an organization? And how do you think about that onboarding process for different types of customers? Sure. Well, we're often selling into operations leaders and administrators who are then tasked with driving an outcome in their organization, whether that is, hey, we need a way to be compliant. We operate vehicles that have to be compliant to Department of Transportation regulations and require logging and things of that nature. And this is, you know, there are regulations in the US and Canada and Europe, et cetera. That might be one. Or it might be there is an individual who's an operational leader responsible for safety and risk reduction in an organization. They're looking for how can we understand how workforces are behaving within their manufacturing facilities and depots or how their drivers are operating, as we've talked about. So 
we are typically selling to those leaders. And then the users, whether they're drivers or workers in a manufacturing setting or whatnot, we work with those customers to help show them best practices of ways to illustrate the benefit to those users, help them roll out. I described earlier that our subscription includes customer success resources. So we work with our customer to make sure that hardware gets deployed, integrations are put in place, and we make that very easy for them. And then we do coaching and training on, here's how, if I'm a driver, here's how I use the mobile application. And we go through an extensive process of helping them understand and answering questions. Much like we have a web interface and we go to the administrator and their teams and say, here's what you're able to see, and here's how you're able to use it. And we can configure and customize the solution the way they want it. So there are different types of specific alerts they want. Are there various different types of reports that they want to emphasize and use? There are a variety of different ways we can set up what are called tags. So I can organize, let's say, I have an operations that operates in five states. Maybe each state is an entity that I want to set up. We can do all of that. So we really try to make it easy for our customers to be able to understand and get that ease of use and then help them appreciate why this is going to and how this is going to be helpful for them and what the benefit is. And we work through that with them. And we also do what we call a business value analysis, where we're giving them kind of a before and after what we expect you're actually going to see. And we oftentimes do this with a trial where we take, let's say, a subset of their fleet. Maybe it's you know 20 vehicles, maybe it's 40 vehicles. And we show how what was happening prior and what happens when you start to have better understanding of what's happening. And that can drive things like those fuel cost savings. It can drive reduction in different types of behaviors that are leading indicator to accidents and drive down accidents, et cetera. And so we're helping them basically provide and understand what's the return they're going to get and then make sure that they have the right tools to actually implement it. Okay. So you do a beta, you do a small experiment to see what the results are. You customize the interface so that they're getting the solutions that they want, that they're optimized for their unique environment. And then, I'm sorry, I didn't completely follow. How do you work with the different parts? Do you work with the different parts of the organization to roll it out as well? Or is that something that the organization handles? Or does it depend? So it depends. We have a couple of different things. We, in some cases, have customers who will take the devices and they may have, let's say, we'll go back to kind of working with vehicles and they do to install a gateway and a camera and a bunch of different vehicles. Maybe they have a large maintenance center that is used to implementing and putting in things and fixing things within vehicles. And we might give them the tools and they might say, we've got it and they go do it. We have other customers who say, you know, that's not really my forte. I actually outsource that. Do you have a third party that can come and do the implementation? And we have third party partners that can come in and do the implementation. Or sometimes we ourselves will come and do the implementation for them. So it can kind of depend. The whole point though is the implementation is to really get that set of hardware in place so that the right sensor data is flowing to the back end. Once that happens, then the training on how to use it, that is oftentimes done by our team from a customer success standpoint. Sometimes it will be done where we train a trainer and then they take it out and do it internally. But we work with the customer, whatever they need and however they need it to work. We generally find that a lot of customers nowadays can use self-service tooling and then take that and sort of self-train, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Awesome. 
So that's great. So I have lots more questions, but I know we're running out of time. So I'm wondering if I can ask you one more question and then we can go into a speed round. Sure. So first question is, what do you see that as a next space that's ripe for subscription and sensors? Like what's interesting to you outside of the space where you work right now? Boy, that's tough. I guess what I would say is one of the things that is on my mind and everybody's mind that is, I would say, orthogonal but related to our space. We have such a unique asset in terms of lots of aggregated information and data. How do we help our customers use that data? But what is happening in worlds of using things in generative AI, in AI in general, to take advantage of information that somehow we can better tap into to help serve more insights and more information, both ourselves and how that's going to evolve how our customers are operating. So we have one customer called Con Global. They are pioneering what I'll call teleoperations. So in their yards, they literally could have you sitting at your desk operating a piece of heavy equipment. And you are literally remote. It's almost like a video game driving a vehicle. That may completely change how organizations are able to run and operate. It may change the type of workforce that they are able to attract and to retain. It may make it so much more desirable for somebody. Some of their environments they operate in are you know, places like the Midwest. And in the Midwest, in the dead of winter, you don't necessarily want to be out in the cold. What if you could do that from sunny Florida in the wintertime? Does it also open up the opportunity for people that have disabilities to operate these pieces of equipment when before they couldn't? So there are some really interesting things that relate to our space that we think could be game changers for the industry as well. Yeah. Awesome. That's fascinating. Okay. Speed round. Good times. Yep. Okay. First subscription you ever had? Personally. Boy, what was the first subscription I ever had? Frankly, probably my cell phone. Cell phone subscription. <laughs> Your favorite subscription that you use today? Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be probably Apple TV. <laughs> <laughs> favorite road to drive and favorite vehicle to drive in? Favorite road to drive. Probably Highway 1 on a nice day without traffic. <laughs> vehicle to drive. Do I have to own it or could it be a wish nope. list? Wish list. All right. So wish list. I don't know. Maybe a convertible McLaren or something that I could buzz down Highway 1 in on a sunny day. That's a nice image. And your best advice for other professionals that are working in the IoT space that are thinking about bringing together a lot of disparate parts into a subscription, what would be your advice? Again, I would go back to the theme that we talked a bunch about, and that is think about simplicity and think customer in. Think about how you can make something that is going to be a delighter and something that's going to be easy for a customer to get value from and don't make it complicated and then be open to learning. You're not going to get it right the first time, the second time. Keep working. Customers appreciate your desire to help work with them to get it right. Awesome. Great advice. Jeff, thank you so much for being on the Subscription Stories podcast. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for having me, Robbie. It was fantastic. That was Jeff Hausman, Chief Product Officer of Samsara. For more about Jeff and Samsara, go to samsara.com. And for more about subscription stories, as well as a transcript of my conversation with Jeff, go to robbiekelmanbaxter.com slash podcast. Also, I have a favor to ask. 
If you like what you heard, please take a minute to go over to Apple Podcasts or Apple iTunes and leave a review. Mention Jeff and this episode if you especially enjoyed it. Reviews are how listeners find our podcast, and we appreciate each one. Thanks for your support, and thanks for listening to Subscription Stories. 